From Super Bowl 57, it has not been an easy week. I will speak for myself when I say it was not an easy week last week. I still am working through my feelings. Um, however, guys, I really want to know. We'll get into the football game. We will definitely get into the football game. But you guys were there, and that is still really, really cool. And I have not really had an opportunity to actually talk to you guys about the experience i've got you know got a couple updates uh you know throughout your time there but um this is going to be cool for me because i i want kind of a first-hand view of, of some of the stuff that you guys got to experience uh despite the loss so alex i'll start with you welcome back to philly yes, um sir. you know what you know just just kind of both of you walk me through your, your time there uh however you choose to do that yeah well Gotta say, it certainly has not been uh, an easy week over here. If I sound a little congested, uh, I don't think it was from the trip. I'm actually surprised I didn't get sick sooner, but I think my uh, my son brought home something from daycare. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty cool trip. You know, for starters, I'm at the airport on Thursday, and Ali calls me. And he says, dude, you're not going to believe who I'm sitting next to. No, he sends, he sends me a text message. Ali, who were, who were you sitting next to on the plane right down there? I was sitting next to nickname Aunt Pat Pat, Dallas Goddard's aunt. And Whoa. while we were sitting at the airport, <laughs> she and her husband are showing me video clips and pictures of Dallas Goddard when they went to the lake this past summer. And Dallas Goddard is just this giant, giant kid who's like doing cannonballs in a lake with a bunch of their, you know, bunch of his cousins. So, so it was actually a pretty cool experience. So Ali tells me that. And funny story about Aunt Pat Pat is on our day of reflection, the day after the Super Bowl, Ali and I thought it'd be a really good idea to take this janky Toro car that we had literally up a cliffside to this overview. And Aunt Pat Pat is at the top there, and I got to hug Dallas Goddard's aunt, and we got to reminisce on the Super Bowl together. Ali went up and said, do you remember me? He said, how could I forget? Hilarious. But you made that quite wasn't the, the impact. But that wasn't the only person that was kind of interesting to sit next to. So I'm on my plane. Eagles fans, I, I take off from Newark Airport. Uh, terminal A is beautiful, by the way. They, they totally redid it. The only Chiefs fan in the entire terminal sits next to me. We're all booing. We're talking and everything. I mean, you can already expect what this flight looks like to Arizona flying from from North from North Jersey. 
It is Isaiah Pacheco's mom's best friend who has known Isaiah his entire life and has never missed a football game, including the Super Bowl. Sat next to me on the plane ride all the way over there. And I got to say, she was awesome. Her name was Brittany. Um, she certainly probably isn't listening to this podcast. Wonderful, wonderful individual to sit next to. We talked about football the whole time. Isaiah Pacheco, I have a newfound respect for. Um, dude balled out in the Super Bowl, but pretty funny that Ali and I both had, you know, people of somewhat importance or relevance on our <laughs> on our flights out to uh, to to Phoenix. It makes you wonder how many people, just like the two of you, just just two regular, you know, average, maybe slightly above average, but you know what I'm saying. Just two regular old people that just want to go to a a, a cool football game because. It sounds like everybody either knew someone or was someone. So anyway, that's really cool that you got to just run into these weird connections left and right. What else? Uh, yeah, so land in Phoenix, and I got to say, if you've ever been out there before, and, and I want to give Ali the floor, so why don't, why don't you kind of talk about our Saturday experience, Ali? Um, dude, Phoenix is huge, and I was shocked Ali, you sound a lot like Alex. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix was absolutely huge. I could not believe like just how big of an airport, how big, how over commercialized it was, how big the freeways were, how fast everyone drive. I just thought oh it was like my this like God. <laughs> the driving. I mean, we are going 85 miles per hour. And, and Alex are is passing like, us at a leisurely pace. Alex is looking at me like, dude, you're you're going fast. And I'm like, dude, I'm getting tailgated while I'm doing like close to 90 on this highway. It's like a 75-year-old woman just like, whoa, keep it moving. And and it's not like it's not like the roads are so pleasant to drive on. They were probably some of the worst roads I've ever driven on in my life. Potholes on the highway, constant like kadunk, kadunk, kadunk. And I'm already I'm already like worried because this janky Turo that we're sitting in, I, I feel like it's going to fall apart at any second if we hit a wrong pothole. I got to be honest, dude. That makes me feel a little bit better about living in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is known for potholes and really terrible streets. And so I know I know you're in Minnesota now, so you've been a little bit removed from from some of the bumps that you have to go through when you're driving around the city. But anyway, it's good to know that Philadelphia isn't the only place that just completely disregards but, their But roads. dude, it makes sense because of the hot cold, right? Like when yeah, you've got expansion, thaw. you got expansion and contract. Well, like what does Phoenix have? Hot, hot. Yeah. Well, no, that's what we learned is that um, it gets so hot that the asphalt like melts in the summertime. And um I don't. I don't know, man. It was insane. I mean, we'll put that there on was top. Multi- yeah. Multiple <laughs> theories ab- about what it looked like. Um, so anyway, uh, so Ali has a family friend down there. We stayed in a retirement community. We were the youngest people in there by like thirty years. Shout out to Glenn. Glenn is an awesome guy that let us use his <laughs> it, it condo. Was all, <laughs> it was all the people that were trying to pass you on the road. <laughs> you're like, oh, you got <laughs> you're those slow guys that were holding up traffic. Probably, man. Probably. Uh, everything closes even on Saturday nights at like 10, yeah. 11 o'clock. So Ali and I went to a Yards Brew House or Yards Ale House. It's not the one in Philly. There's like another chain. It's like the only place I was like open late. Yeah. We ate there multiple times. I will say, and then we can kind of get into the experience. Um, Arizona, the people reminds me a lot of the South. Very conservative, but also very polite and hospitable. Um, hospitable. Is that right? Hospitable. 
Yeah, yep. hospitable. Yeah. Uh, we went to a bar. I didn't pay for any drinks. Everyone was really nice. All the bar, t- like everyone talked to us. It was it was pretty cool. And even though like we're Philly, we're invading. You know, a lot of people have you know their thoughts and qualms about our fan base. Really, really nice uh, group of people down there. Um, Ali and I, I think you know we talked about that a lot. Is like the people were very, very, very nice. It's like a mix of that West Coast and South, uh, yeah. you know, kind of hybrid. So, so that was Friday. Ali, why don't you kind of give a recap of what we did on Saturday? Yeah, so Saturday, ooh, Saturday was a was a fun day, wasn't it? We started off the day headed towards downtown Phoenix, went to the Super Bowl experience, and uh, if you think in your mind, hey, this is probably a bad idea to go to this massive Super Bowl venue the day before the game, you're right. It was just insanely crowded. Uh, some of the lines to walk up to, say, like, for example, see the Vince Lombardi trophy were like two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, wow. But some of the, the sites that we were able to take pictures in front of the George House trophy. We were able to take pictures of the Vince Lombardi trophy, granted, from afar a little bit. Uh, they had a lot of um, venues and, and uh, sort of exhibits. You could see all the Super Bowl rings from Super Bowl one all the way to Super Bowl 56. Uh, you could see the NFL footballs, the Duke footballs hmm. being handmade, hand sewn by these individuals who are just like sitting at these sewing machines, putting together these footballs, inflating them and then putting them in boxes for sale for people to pick up. Like me, um, I bought one. That's <laughs> uh, they also had uh, a couple of players who were there signing autographs. Rich Eisen was there uh, taking cool. pictures with fans. Um, you could go up and, and take a picture next to the Eagles locker, like a, a standard Eagles locker and what that would look like. Um, overall, a really cool experience. They also had like uh, events that you could do. So for example, you could do like an extra point kick uh, you could do an accuracy like throw contest. You can do a you know a bomb like you know bomb a football with your with your arm contest. Um, overall, I'd say it was one heck of an experience at the Super Bowl experience. However, my favorite memory was as Alex and I were I think we were walking out um, towards the exit, or maybe it was like towards another level. You had these Chiefs fans who were doing their little tomahawk like, oh, and then all of a sudden I hear this guy, Alex, right next to me scream out, e! <laughs> and then of course I follow, hey, and then everyone in the hall erupts, G-L-E-S, Eagles, muted. <laughs> <laughs> That's made. That's Muted. beautiful. Muted. <laughs> That's it's such a it's such a wonderful chant to just participate in, and and it doesn't take much to just get everybody involved and feel like you have the upper hand. And Dude, I gotta I, say, at all these events, it was seventy thirty. It was seventy yeah. percent Eagles yeah. fans. The Super Bowl experience, maybe sixty thirty ten. Because you had uh, people from other fan bases that were just kind of, you know, wearing like Seahawks and Cowboys and like whatever. But majority of everybody that we saw was Eagles fans. One of the people that I was watching the game with asked me if like the arena uh, or the stadium has like the musical tracks for, for, for both teams in case they score. And I said, I'm like, there's really not that many teams that have a song that go along with scoring. So I actually, I wanted to ask, I'm like, is that something that just organically would start after the Eagles 
So Gore, not Gore. only did they have that ready to they go, did, okay. they even had the uh, Rocky soundtrack when we did uh, when, we, when we were kicking off to say like, "What do you want to do for me? Just win!" Like the like the exact thing that they play inside of the the stadium for for each team. Um, I also didn't know this, but uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. This is so lame. Their their touchdown song is "You Got to Fight for Your Right to Party" by the Beastie Boys. Like that's I, what they have played. I heard it was Travis so Kelsey, it was so cheap. Like it was yeah. really cheesy. I heard Travis Kelsey start singing the words to that, and I didn't. I actually did not realize that that was their chant, and I could not agree more. That is some corny yeah. nonsense. Well, we'll get into we'll get into some more corniness on Sunday, but let me just wrap up Saturday here. Uh, right after the Super Bowl experience, I look on my Facebook feed and I see NBC Sports Philadelphia has taken over one of the Phillies bars in uh, in Phoenix. Now I look on Google Maps and I see there's like three or four Phillies bars, and I'm like, Alex, I don't know where I'm going, so we just decide, you know what, let's just pick one and see what ends up happening. So we get, we pick one, we get there and it's insanely crowded. Thank God we picked the right one. And thank God we actually went in because initially when we saw the crowd, me and Alex were like, I don't know, this seems like we had just come from the Super Bowl experience. We didn't want to spend all day standing in line. However, when we got inside, we see none other than Michael Barkham. And we take a picture with him. Barkham? Uh, Good old Barkham. Barkham. Barkan. Alex, I Barkan. love you. <laughs> <laughs> With all my pronunciations. Packard. Packard. Packard F. We do like a whole blooper reel of just like stuff that like I think too fast and I don't think all the way through, but go on. I feel you. Yeah, Michael no. Barkan. The, the Eagles drumline was there. NBC Sports Philadelphia was at Rube. Rube was there uh, doing a little news report. Um, we went inside. Met, so I Frank. mean, ha- Yeah. Um, met, went inside, met some like insanely cool people. Alex ran into someone he saw at the airport <laughs> yeah. and like, we ended up sitting, standing <laughs> yeah, with these guys like, talking with them. You, I saw you at TSA. He's like, what's up, man? <laughs> Him and his brother came over there buying his shots. I mean, it was, it was Monty awesome. Pacheco, what's going on? <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, it was so cool just because like these random dudes that Alex ran into in the airport, we were sitting down with or like talking with them for like three hours that night. So like, yeah, that's cool. I love our fan base so much just because like as soon as you see like, yeah, Eagles, Eagles, and you could literally sit there and talk to someone for hours. And that's exactly what we did the morning of the game, actually. But um, no, that night was uh, was was an amazing night. I'd say like there was a the Sixers game against the um Nets. The, the Nets down to a buzzer beater. We won. Um, so you know we were we were all pretty much on a high that night, and then yeah. we went to yards that night. To... We went to yards again. <laughs> <laughs> it just turned into your your local joint, your local watering hole. No, it actually helped out great because um, Ali doesn't drink, and it was great because. What do you mean you don't and... drink, bro? <laughs> yeah. How do you not drink? That's what I, people. Do. I'm just joking. I gotta say, Ali, it's. It was so much fun, man. We just had, I mean, Philly, everything. Like, it was just it was just such a good time. Heck yeah. uh, Ali's Apple Watch got a notification uh, <laughs> that said multiple times, um, at this sound level, like, hearing, like, permanent hearing loss can happen after, like, 30 minutes of exposure. We're just Jeez. at a Philly bar. Like, that's all we're at. And, like, his Apple Watch is sending alerts saying, like, for your life, you need to get out of here for, like, your actual <laughs> overall safety. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought you meant at the actual game you were getting noise warnings like that. That was just oh, that happened. Oh, no. that happened. That happened too. too. So Philly's I, yeah. bar was at the same noise level as as the game. Always bringing yeah. it. I love that. Well, so then, I, yeah, yeah. I, I you know I I I don't want to relive it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. th- th- there is some trauma here, and there's no sugarcoating that. Um. Let's relive it, though. I don't we think we to. would be the fan base that we are if we weren't as critical about our team and our coaches as we always are. I could not agree more. So let's let's dive back in. Um, Super Bowl Sunday. We wake up. Ali and I. <laughs> so so we'll give you the experience going into there. And then we'll why don't we just slowly just slowly. We're trying to avoid the inevitable. But let's let's talk about it. So kickoff there was at what, 4.30, Ali? Yep. Two hours behind, so 4.30. So we were like, you know what, let's get down to the stadium around 11, 11.30. We are literally expecting it to be a freaking parking lot. In the distance, you see airplanes and helicopters. I mean, I mean everything, like just fall, just circling this one area of Glendale. Mind you, remind, we're driving like 95 miles per hour down the highway. Insane. <laughs> um, looks like a, a, like you're going into battle in Call of Duty or something. And, yeah, as, we're, as, um, as we're getting passed by like cops, you know, dude, because we're going too slow. Seriously, like I cannot emphasize to you how crazy, like this puts Garden State Parkway to shame. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, we got into the stadium in maybe like 15 minutes. It was insane. Like they had like the logistics like absolutely figured out. Had a few drinks in the parking lot with some Eagles fans. And then uh, Ali and I embarked on part of our uh, ticket included access to a tailgate event through a service called On Location, who's where we bought our tickets from. Uh, scanned our Super Bowl tickets at this gate, walked in, walked around this like really long snake and uh, went to the event. And they had open bar, incredible food, an awesome cover band, um, games that you could play, not a lot of weight. They had a Chiefs side and an Eagle side. And I got to say, this was probably one of the best outdoor events I've ever been to in my life. And I'm not <laughs> even saying that. Maybe because it's all focused around football. We met some pretty cool people there. Um, I actually met, and we, we may have him on the podcast. I met the guy who trademarked the term, it's a Philly thing. Uh, he sold it to the Philadelphia Eagles and I got his phone number. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him and see like, if we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then we stayed there for a few hours, ate, talked to some people. I saw some people I recognized from the link, uh, that were also season ticket members from the season. So that was kind of cool. Uh, took some pictures and then we walked up to the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. What was, what was the temperature? Like, what is, what is Arizona like in February? I'd say it was 75, but like a very hot 75. Like it was, it was getting yeah. to the point where it was like almost too hot. You're not really sweating. It's not humid, but like that sun feels like really, really, really intense. But I'd say so like you didn't warm. need to plan for any sort of layering. No, 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 no. I had a t-shirt, t-shirt, and a jersey, and that was yeah, it. I had nice. a jersey and some jeans on. Yeah, and and I felt comfortable the whole time. These are the um, things that I get happy about. Oh my god, you didn't have to bring extra layers. That is such a no, yeah, no, no. Oh, and the stadium. I think they had like air vents circulating. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. Well, I'm glad that, you know, at least Arizona provided a lot of these things because their field was complete. Okay. We'll Uh talk about that. We'll get there. So then you're walking up to the stadium. There's no check-in. They already scanned our Super Bowl tickets. So getting in and out of the stadium is really cool. I don't know if any of you guys follow Annie Agar on Instagram, but she was there. I got a picture with her. She does a lot of like the big, um, 
reels and TikToks you see with like the NFL and, uh, nice. you know, pretty girl that, that's doing it. So that was really cool. Got a, got a picture with her and, and those, some other people got into the stadium and we walked right at the first level and looked at it. And Ali looked at me. He's like, dude, I'm having an outer body, of ex- an outer body experience. <laughs> you see the players warming up. You see just jerseys of every color around. Um, just an absolutely incredible place to be. Um, it was electric, but it was also like surreal, but also something I've seen before. And like, mm-hmm. that's like one thing I noticed during the whole entire Super Bowl. Once like you get rid of like all of like the, the, the size of the game and how big it is, it is no different than what I watched at the link every single, every single Sunday. And I, I loved, it. I'm so glad I went. It's a memory I'll always have for the rest of my life, but I don't think I'm in a huge hurry to go back. I think the Super Bowl is made for TV. We'll talk a little bit about that. I think it's certainly worth going to, but it's a really big hassle. It's a really big hassle to see something I can see 45 minutes down the road uh, from my house here, but um, really cool. Ali and I got up to our seats. The stadium's really low to the ground, so every vantage point actually isn't bad. Um, you know, Ali, I don't know if you want anything about the, the stadium experience, but um, really beautiful, really beautiful stadium. Half dome, middle, middle of it was open. Temperature was wonderful. Didn't sit in the sun. Yeah, no, our, our seats were our seats were pretty nice. I think you made a comment that it was a little bit higher vantage point than your club seats at the link. Yeah. Not um, much higher though. Not much higher. Because the roof was open, uh the sun was beaming right into a bunch of Chiefs fans in the center of the Chiefs side. And I'm sure they were baking. But hey, we had a really pleasant spot and we met some such cool people. I, I think what was most fun about that is me and Alex walking through the uh, the halls of the stadium and just screaming out E-A-G-L-E-S. Uh, and I think, Alex, you looked at me and you were like, this is so fun. I can do this whenever I want. Watch this. E! And then you'd start an Eagles chant. Right <laughs> and the place would erupt. The place would absolutely erupt no matter where you were. It's like... And then the whole place would just go nuts. We're awesome. tribal beings, you know what I mean. It's just you, you get it, you feel part of something so much bigger, and and there is like a there's like a nice power to that. Yeah. Oh man, I oh man, I guess like every like every week I get more and more excited as the day goes on. But I it really didn't kick in until I guess about what was kickoff six thirty Eastern around there around like four four thirty is when I was like holy crap. Yeah. Like we are close to kickoff and the stakes of the game just started really to like to, to really settle in, because especially when there's that that extra week in between it, that it does lose a little bit of its momentum coming off of winning the NFC championship, then going yep. into the Super Bowl. Um, so by the time kickoff came, it was just like. It's just I was with a few friends, but honestly, it's it's just like me and the TV and it's just it, like this is go time and every second of this is so important. Um, I don't know, guys, like I, I I don't necessarily feel the need to talk about too much of the ins and outs of the ball game, like cliff notes. Real, like I I thought Jalen was awesome. There's the one there's the one turnover that that sucked and that turned into points for the Chiefs. But even after that, you know, that was still in the first half. We 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 still finished the first half up 10 points. So in a nutshell, my view of the game is I am okay with the Eagles losing. I, I am okay, or I can accept the, the, the Eagles losing. It, it sucks because when you have a 10 point lead at halftime and you have what we keep considering the best Eagles team we've ever seen, um, to lose a 10 point lead to, to lose the game after that is completely gutting, completely gut wrenching. 
the Chiefs in that regard deserve to win. However, say what you will about that being like by the book, that was the correct call, the defensive holding call at the mm-hmm. end of the game that Bradbury mm-hmm. got called for. Mm-hmm. I don't I I don't think I will ever get over it. And it's I'm just like so angry. It it makes me angry at the NFL in general. Like it just kind of packs on these other things that I was already irritated by. But like if the NFL is ultimately about entertainment, which, you know, Alex, you alluded to before, and I and I want to hear more about just kind of all this the side one off things that go into the production. But every Sunday is a giant production. I mean, the NFL every weekend is a new movie. It's a new drama. And so that's what we feed into, especially Mm -hmm. when there's money on the line. When you have the biggest form of entertainment in America, this is the most this this is the biggest form of entertainment sports wise in America, at least. And you have a, a, a referee that basically takes this this amazing football game and decides to just end it in the most anticlimactic way possible. I will never, ever, ever get over that. Like, again, I give it to the mm-hmm. Chiefs. It was a yeah. great comeback. We didn't have any answers defensively. Who knows? Maybe we would have had more answers if our guys could have had any traction with their freaking cleats. But yeah. the, the the Chiefs were also, you know, both teams are playing on the same field. Both teams are playing within the same element. So I don't want to harp on that too much, but I do still I feel like that. You, if, I think if you compare the, the Chiefs' defensive Exactly. Rush to yes. our defensive rush, it's not comparable, and it hurts us. I, way yeah, more. it hurts and us, it hurts way, us more. way more. I agree. So we rely I, we rely heavily on edge rushers who require some traction when they come around the edge. Yeah, you so, see Hassan Reddick how low he gets to the ground to get around some of these people. There's no one on the Chiefs doing that, but but continue. You're a, you're a thousand percent right, and I'm yeah. and I am more so minimizing it just yeah. because in comparison to taking the biggest sports event that we have. Regardless of being an Eagles fan, every football fan was robbed of a proper ending to that football game. I could have handled, I could have slept so much easier if, I mean, it would have sucked. It would have been hard to swallow. But if we just, if we got the ball back and whatever, we didn't, we didn't kick a field goal to extend it to overtime or we didn't score a touchdown to win the game. But for a ref to become bigger than the game in that moment, to throw a flag on something that is just, you can't. You can't, you just can't call that. You can't end the yeah. game that way. It's not egregious enough to end this great, great football game. And I mean, like I saw Ali, I just saw you kind of, kind of shake your head a little bit. Like here's the th- refs are. Yes. Like y- you are, you-, you want refs to make the correct call. I get that. And like, it's, it's like good for you. You made the right call. Great. That's, but at what point, do you like is is the importance of the the entertaining outcome to a game to me that's more important than than having to call that in that moment like you could have not called that so i it's just it ended the game like yeah. and it's and it just I I can't believe that that is how that game ended and i it's going to be very very difficult for me to to get over that um, Ali, I'm going to send this to you first because I did kind of see you you shake your head, possibly in disagreement, which which I'm I, I I want to hear. You know, I want to hear other sides to this. Okay, so my thoughts on the holding call. Um, right after the flag got thrown, um, 
for every so so I was a little confused about why everyone was kind of up in arms about the hold. Everyone was saying it's not egregious enough. Um, I think Alex, you had gone on your phone on Twitter and you were saying everyone's freaking out about the hold. Um, and I I didn't understand why everyone was freaking out until after I got back to Minnesota and I kind of sort of like mustered up the strength to watch the replay of the game. That was so hard um, to do, man. I had a it was pit so in my hard. Stomach. I, yeah, dude, it was really hard for me to watch that again. I give yeah. you props. Yeah. I haven't, and I don't. I, it think was I will. so, dude. I I anyway. <laughs> so. What I realized was the replay that they were showing on Fox was a terrible angle because as soon as the hold call, as soon as the flag got thrown, everyone on the stadium got shown a freeze frame on the Jumbotron of James Bradbury with a fistful of jersey. And my thought is, is it a it's clearly a hold, right? Like me and Alex looked at each other as soon as we saw that freeze frame and we were like, yeah, that's a hold, right? It sucks that the game had to end that way. And my thought is if, you know, if we're going to say that referees have set a precedent that at the end of the game, they're going to let the players play, then continue with that precedent. If we're going to set the precedent that we're going to call every penalty, regardless of when the penalty happened, then continue with that precedent. My issue with the refereeing isn't the fact that it was a bad call. In my opinion, that was that was a crystal clear call of a hold. My perspective is if you're going to referee, be consistent in how you referee. In every game, it doesn't matter what type of game it is, if it's in the playoffs, it's in the regular season, make that call at the end of the Super Bowl just like you would make it at the end of every single regular season game. So my immediate argument is that what about earlier in the game when that same thing isn't called? It's that's why right. I just feel like 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 the refs do need to have some power, but I just think that there there becomes a t- a, a place in time where you can't have a game not that the game was decided by that because there's other things that go into the outcome of a football game. But I, I would say, though, if this if this scenario was reversed, if this were the Eagles and, you know, McDuffie holds A.J. Brown, I would want that flag to be thrown because it's a it's a penalty. I think here here's my take on it. Moments matter in games, right? Um, you see it all the time in in other sports, but like I think a good a good way to look at it is like there is if you look at the Tom Brady throw when we won the Super Bowl, we were we were we were we had PI on that on, on that, <laughs> that all day. Was... We did though, right? Like no one disagrees with me on that. Gronk pretty and, much and, had his helmet off by the end. Right. Of like I mean by like almost like every Hail Mary you see PI. But the reason that doesn't get called is because the moment matters into the game. Like you let them play it out. You let them duke it out. Unless it's like to the point where it's like, you know, almost a a felony. Like you need to, you need to throw a flag there. Right. So I agree more with, I I see it from both sides. I, I think I agree more with Andrew's standpoint that that moment was really big and it was ticky tack enough that you really shouldn't have thrown the flag in that moment. But I also see – and, like, I hate to, like, be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm on the fence about it. I looked at Ali the second it happened and said, that's the right call. Like, in that moment, like, I looked at him and said, 
damn, we really just blew it. Not, oh, the refs had this moment way too big and we need to break it down and analyze it. My first thought is it's just like that Osai hit on Mahomes to hit him out of bounds. It's just like you ruined it. You ruined it for yourself, dude. Yeah. If the game wasn't tied and if it wasn't third down and it wasn't a scenario where calling a flag does hypothetically end the game, of course, unless the kicker misses a kick. And it was smart that the Chiefs – I mean – we did let the Chiefs try to score a touchdown. That's exactly what, what I, I said in the stands. I said we have to let them score a touchdown. We have to let them right. score. They it's the only freaking way. knew it. <laughs> so they heard the you, Chiefs, Alex. They heard, they heard me. Yeah, because I'm the, so I'm the was, I can't even pronounce what road our stadium's on. But yeah, they definitely heard me. <laughs> you know, and that's great awareness on their on their part to just slide down at the one yard line. That's the that's exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. If the scenario was different, if the Chiefs were trailing, if the Chiefs were down by seven or even three, then I can. I can get on board with that call. I just think when it is a tie football game and the Eagles just converted a two-point conversion to tie the game, I just really think that you just kind of need to know your role in that moment. And congratulations, you made the right call. But it's just like at the end of the day, that's not what is important in, in this moment. I just really feel like you need to just understand the situation. And to me, that's it, it was similar. Like, yeah. If you're not going to call the PI on 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 that Gronk play, it's the same exact thing. It's it's essentially like the last play of a game if you decide to call the flag. And when you have two teams that are duking it out, it's just not a fit. Everybody so Andrew, who watched that game was robbed. Let me ask you a totally different question because I, I I think I know your answer. When the Bills played the Chiefs in that game that was controversial, <laughs> which uh-huh. side which side were you on? That the Bills should have gotten another offensive yeah. play. To yeah. See? Okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, 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 and that and that just makes like I and so when I think about these things, I it, you're in I it for really, the entertainment value. I don't right. like I I really I love the Eagles, but I really don't like freaking football. I really yeah. am like really <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't like it's not a good product. It really is not a good product. It is a stupid game. It is a stupid game that is that is literally 10 minutes of action and it's instant replays and it's reviews and it's challenges and it's things that are just kind of like, you know what? I don't know. We're just going to freaking guess here. And then it's like no other sport is dictated by that. It's all of these like little things, but it's it's one game a week and every game matters and we bet so much money on it and we have fantasy football. So we're we're all in it and I'm in it and I and it's. It's frustrating because I just I hate so like that overtime rule never made sense. Why like the game yes. should seem like yeah. So well, okay. First off, I think basketball is way worse because the last fifteen seconds in a basketball game can last twenty five minutes. So I, I I think I think you know the way that we talk about structure a game and everything. But no, but and, a ref and, can't mess up the game. But the ref can't can't control a you game. Sure, you see LeBron James crying for eleven minutes against the Celtics the other day because his arm got hit and a foul didn't get called. I'm just I, saying, I that, yeah. So, so I, I, I think what, what you're, and, and I don't disagree with you, by the way, right? Like the rebuttal to that is like, well, the the Bills defense should have played better. It's a team sport. They lost a coin toss, but I also understand the other side of it: the entertainment value, equitable chance, being able to redeem yourself. Like I, I get all that. Like I could have written down that response before, like knowing how 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 you felt about that whole. That thing. was another game that was robbed of a proper ending, <laughs> right? But, but that's the rules, and like, and then now, and now I understand. I, but I, 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 but I, to the to the NFL's credit, right? They recognize that they're not a game, right? They they recognize that they're a TV show, 
And after that game, when they realized that, holy crap, we let up a huge opportunity, they changed the rules. So while I hear what you're saying, Andrew, about it being a dumb sport because of what we just had to endure in, in two weeks ago, I think the NFL, when shown those opportunities to change, is willing to do so. Taking, you know, case in point, we're about to lose the ability to do the double cheek push because the NFL hates the NFL hates a statistic, you know, probability of it happening 92 percent. Right. It's just that's not entertaining. Everyone knows that it's coming. Everyone knows that it's going to happen. That's boring. Therefore, we need to take it away. Just like they updated the extra point, right? Moving it back because it was too automatic and it wasn't entertaining enough. Or that you can't run on a kickoff. Or somehow spiking a ball is not intentional grounding. Because that doesn't... If you look at the rules of intentional grounding, it literally hits every single criteria of what it's intentional <laughs> right. grounding would be. It's just... Part, part, of, part of it is that. And then, like, baseball's getting a huge revamp this year. You got pitch counters and on base right. and off base and no shifts. Like, you literally can't tell where people are going to stand. Like, the second baseline is some sort of, like holy divider in a baseball diamonds like that's that might be because baseball needs help with ratings and so they need to change the rules that try to allow that's something that ali and i talked about even when we were down here um we talked about like how how weird is it that like we are so invested in sports it is a man-made it is a book of rules it is literally just a children's game at at the end of it all and we spend so much time and energy and Money. Players move and money. It's not a and children's like, game. It's not a child. It's a man's game. And, but no, but and, children and it, can play. You don't need. But a, yeah. You don't need a skill set to go outside and go run around with the football yeah. to be the this best in the world. You do, but to be the best in the world in anything, you need a unique skill set. This isn't like gladiator where people are dying. Right? They're playing a game where at the end of it, they're all getting paid millions of dollars and they're going home. And what we're doing is spending a ton of money, a ton of time and resources, ton of time away from our families to invest ourselves in this game. And Did I literally not- cannot get enough. I literally can't get enough. I can watch football yeah. every single day Did and never not- get bored. Did we not <laughs> gather, you know, in huge domes to watch gladiators, like, you know, bar- be barbarians to one another and, and cheer them on? Right. That's that's a tale as old as time. And that football is that modern day version of it. it. Is. And when they're is money involved you like alex you literally said like we are invested in it like it is yeah. oh yeah something that we you know we think that we have knowledge of and and it keep it, it is helps embarrassing keep your interest it is embarrassing how many clothes i own with an eagles logo on it i could literally dress myself for a year and do laundry but, maybe yeah. once a week and and like so this it doesn't mean point. i'm gonna stop watching it doesn't mean i'm gonna stop watching i'm just saying that like this can't get this enough is, of it this is a good point, though, and it's something I wanted to touch on. Is so like what I an interesting conversation. This is turning into. I love it. I love being a fan of the Eagles. I love what this franchise has been for my entire life. Like, think about it. We've, you know, in terms of opportunity uh, and just the way this organization's been run. Like, I know that we've we've gone through some rough times, but just like Randall Cunningham, uh, you know, Rodney Pete. Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Jalen Hurts. Like, we have given black quarterbacks a a chance for the majority of my lifetime. You have Jalen Hurts, who I think his entire PR team is is all women. Uh, We we have. His agent is the first black female agent, I believe. To, To me, to be a fan of the Eagles is to also be supportive of 
of, of good things and things that I don't typically think of when I think of the NFL. So I can I can live with being an Eagles fan. And you know what? I will continue to to wear my Eagles stuff, too. And I will continue to identify with other people who are Eagles fans because that's what that's what I love about sports. It's community. It's always it, you. If I see somebody else wearing Eagles, there's an instant trust. There's an instant, instant connection and we can just shoot the crap with one another. And it's not about the game of football, but it's about sportsmanship. It's about it's about camaraderie. It's about, you know, just just being with each other during exciting times. So like I can be I'm so I take pride in being an Eagles fan and I love when people that aren't from Philadelphia are Eagles fans. And I think that that is something that is happening more because I think there are a lot of Jalen Hurts fans and I love that. So I, I'm very grateful that we have a team that we can feel pride in terms of supporting because I think that they do set a good example. Um, so anyway, when you see some, when you're wearing your, your Eagles crap, Alex, wear it with pride and don't feel like it's childish. You know what? I was telling Ali this down, down there. Um, there is no other fan base doing what we're doing at all. The only no. the only thing, and I and and I said maybe could rival us with like a takeover of a city this big. I mean, it was it was noticeable. I mean, my wife was saying like it is very apparent that it is all Eagles fans in the crowd. Like you heard Eagles chants throughout the whole game. Where there should loud. have been Chiefs fans. I the mean, only the booze for Dak maybe, Prescott. Remember that the booze for Dak Prescott. <laughs> That's really bad. That's really bad. I mean, the, it was heartwarming though. The only team that rivals maybe the takeover would be the Dallas Cowboys in this situation because they can drive there. But that's it. it. Like if this Super Bowl was somehow held in Portland or Maine or you know Gillette Portland, Stadium, Maine. yeah, Portland, <laughs> Portland or Maine or Portland, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, it, it, it would still be like if it was Eagles Cowboys, it would still be the majority of Eagles fans. Like I am so grateful that like this is my team, man. Like there is no other fan base doing what we're doing. And when you let out that Eagles chant, I mean, go birds is like saying, I love you. I hate you. Have a great day. <laughs> like everything, like literally, like how many go birds chants did we have in the middle of the freaking desert, Ali? We, we went to this desert garden thing afterwards, and we saw a whole bunch of Eagles fans. And not high, not by, not how you doing. Nope. Go Birds. And that's it. And that's all it was. And we lost the day before. Yep. And it was wonderful. And it's like the absolute best thing. I also do love, like, let's get back to this game. Our, we're not crying about this. We understand what happened. And we're discussing and we're debating the 49ers fan base yep. cannot get out. Like they have uh, one of their fan bases has a crosshair over our logo for like revenge games next year. Like grow up, cool. grow up. Yeah. We're not crying about this. Like we'll come back. I am a little bit worried about what's going to happen in the off season. We should maybe use like the, the next, um, you know, 15 minutes of this, but um, yeah, I, I love it. Ali, your turn. Yeah. I, uh, I'd like to vent real quick. Cause Andrew, it looked like you got, you got some some stuff off your chest. Um, I can't be more happy that Jonathan Gannon is now gone. I have been consistent in the last two years how much I disliked Jonathan Gannon. And I have been consistent in what I've stated in that talent only gets you so far until coaching has to take over. And as much as I love Dougie P., he was pretty much the reason why we lost the Super Bowl, right? 
when we played the Jaguars in, I can't remember what week, the Jamal Agnew touchdown was exactly the plays that that the Chiefs ran with uh, Tony and um, mm. who's the other guy? McKinnon, I guess, right? I think McKinnon scored the second touchdown or the first touchdown. Um, yeah, just a a motion out the backfield, coming back in, and then as our DBs were sort of like scrambling to figure out what to do, coming out the backfield again and and sort of just running free untouched. And to me, that is such an indication of lack of preparation, lack of, I mean, this is a play that we allowed a touchdown on in the regular season, and we didn't learn from the mistake. And Andy Reid will find any opportunity to take advantage of your mistakes, and he did twice on the same play, but the other play was like on the other side of the field, but it was exactly the same play run. So... I am incredibly excited that Jonathan Gannon is no more. Um, you saw an article this morning from Brian Dawkins saying he would have hated to play for Jonathan Gannon because because of how he he coaches. Um, Did not see that. That's awesome. In case he needed any, any more negative press. Yeah. So silver lining, we lost the Super Bowl, but I would say we lost probably the biggest cancer on our team which is our defensive coordinator yeah it's going to be easy for you Ali because if our defense isn't good next year we have 22 free agents and many of those top tier talent people are walking because we're gonna have to make room for a Jalen Hurts contract so you can be like oh well it's not coaching we just don't have the talent anymore it's like you can't lose with that with that argument so we'll never know the outcome we'll never know if it was coaching or him I'm I'm Switzerland in all of this I am like neutral I think I think Nick Sirianni loves Jonathan Gannon. He came out of his own way, unprompted, on Angelo Cataldi in the morning and said, I can't believe that you guys are constantly crapping on this guy. He's incredible. Like nah. Reese feels that he's incredible. I, I, That's I, political. That's it, politics. It can be. Uh, Howard Eskin is is super like, he's like, you guys are getting what you wish for. Like, here we go. Gave um, up 31 points in the Super Bowl. But then I, uh, sure. Sure, gave up 31 <laughs> points in the Super Bowl. That's fine. But like to like the top offense and we can talk about the field and we talked about some of that in a little bit. I'm not I'm also not defending him because these like I, and I said it like the only thing that scares me about the Chiefs is the way that they use motion. Yeah. I said that. I was like my biggest takeaway is like if we are going to have this like they're going if we're going to lose they're going to exploit our defense through their use of motion and that's exactly what they did. Only like we didn't even give them like any coverage. It was just like wide open it was it was so defeating um and steichen is gone they, yeah did I pronounce but our, that right our, andrew did i pronounce that right it's better than uh Steichen? how gronk, gronk did you see gronk pronounce it he called him spikeman spikeman <laughs> he called him shane spikeman yeah wait yeah was that on purpose because of the gronk spike no, no, it's because Gronk has Gronk a hard has time speaking. CTE. He's got some <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's got X Y Z. Yeah, yeah I'm not he's worried got, about. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Spikeman. Uh, our offense is is give well, the ball say, to Jalen. They and, say Nick is not going to be um, calling the plays anymore, which is a really good self awareness, like what you want from a head coach. And I think they're thinking about hiring this Josh. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? It's their quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach. 
and he's known her since he was like in like college Isn't or high it, school. I thought the name was like Brian Johnson or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe Brian Johnson the most was like, he the was he the quarterback's coach and I think that quarterback's might, coach and he's known Jalen for a very long time and it almost sounds like that's like all but a but a sure thing. Yeah. From what I've been from what I've been hearing. So it doesn't sound like there should be too much of an adjustment or too much of a setback. And we saw it this year. It was really important for Jalen to have, you know, multiple seasons of consistent coaching, which is something he's never had before. Yeah. I would just love to see from a defensive coordinator, if we're going to do something, just somebody that really loves the blitz. I think it's a blitz league. I think teams that blitz a lot, have a lot of success. Jim shorts didn't do blitz. Jim shorts, the opposite of blitz. He's like, right. we're going to run three guys and see how quick we can get to him. And, I'm sure they'll trip over someone eventually and then Gannon. So like I'm cool <laughs> with somebody that like can blitz. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm excited that N'Kobe Dean's going to most likely be a start. He's probably going to replace TJ Edwards. So right. um, off season is going to be really exciting. I still think we're going to have tons to talk about. In, oh, you in think TJ Edwards weeks. will be gone? I think TJ Edwards, Kaiser White will be gone. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like Chauncey Gardner is going to stay. Um, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox is probably gone. Reddick's definitely staying. I'm excited about that. Sure. I think he signed a multi-year deal. Yep. Um, offense will most likely be be the same. We're, I know we're just rambling. Anyone still listening? You can turn it off if you want. We're just rambling. <laughs> no. Oh, Don't one more anywhere. thing. <laughs> one more. One more thing about about the game. I know I'm not. You know, we've kind of moved on. But I have talk about Rihanna. I, oh, let's talk about Rihanna. But real quick, real quick, the <laughs> fumble before Rihanna. <laughs> the fumble before Rihanna. Um. Because I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, that was the the difference in the game from a points perspective. Fair. But Tom Brady threw a pick six in 28 to three. And his team, his defense was able to stop Atlanta's offense from scoring any more points and allow him time to come back. Jalen Hurts fumbled the football. T- they tied the game and then he marched right back and scored a touchdown and our defense couldn't stop Kansas city. So mistakes happen in the super bowl and, and they happen to the half with the 10 point lead, right? Mistakes happen. And even the best players make mistakes, but at the same time, it's a two phase game. Actually it's a three phase game. Cause we haven't talked about special teams play. Um, but for a, someone to expect Jalen hurts to pretty much take this team on his back against Patrick Mahomes it was a losing battle, right? Like, even though Jalen Hurts balled out, he made one mistake, and our defense couldn't bail him out. Well, and that that goes back to the argument of, you know, those, those silly overtime rules where it's like if it's a matter of what team has the ball last, it's not fair. Because that's kind of... You both of these offenses were virtually unstoppable, except for the one play that we fumbled, and, and that, that turnover was really the deciding factor of the game we can look at other things but from a a scoring perspective if that doesn't happen you know but even so we were still up by 10 points going into halftime um this game reminded me a a little bit of the the previous Super Bowl with uh, you know going against the Patriots because it it felt like that game was also this very this heavyweight titan battle back and forth you know Tom Brady threw for like over 500 yards Nick Foles threw for 450 or maybe he also hit 500 I can't remember but it was just nonstop scoring. And like in that game, we needed to make a defensive play. And we did. Brandon Graham got the sack. And that was the reason we won that game. That moment never happened in this game. Nope. We never had that one play or one turnover or one slip up that we that we caused that could have helped decide. And so it was it's just frustrating. Like 
And on top of that, then you just didn't have an opportunity to, to get the ball at the end of the game. So it's a mix of shooting yourself in the foot. It's a, it's a mix of, um, I mean, it was that Mahomes 25 yard run on one leg. I mean, that was the moment Uh, right there. We could have had a stop. Mahomes didn't have anyone open. We stop him back there. I believe that was a third and, and, you know, mid range situation right there that could have resulted in a punt. Like that was the play. That was, that was the play. You know, I did see a lot of film and, and we haven't talked about too much on the field and I'm not really blaming fingers, but, um, Blaming finger. <laughs> I like that Slaming one. Blaming finger. Just let, sorry. Just let him have it. Just let him have sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> Packard. All right. Um, I'm sick, guys. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um. All right. I'm done. No, it was. It was. It was NFL on ice. Our our our, our defense was just slipping inside and everywhere. They didn't have yeah. the leverage. They didn't have the opportunity to to get to Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, it was hard. It was really hard watching that zero sacks and they throw it on a t-shirt. It's like, sheesh, man. I don't, I just don't no understand how this happens. I don't understand how the NFL allows for like the worst field conditions that any field has had the entire season to be there for the most important football game of the entire season. I just don't get the NFL. I don't get it. And I know we're already like almost an hour in and like, I'm just like, it's like, I'm still, I still don't have I'm still not cool about it. Here's uh when when we were in Phoenix, when we were in Phoenix, um Alex was uh Alex and I were talking about um this this Chinese story of this man um who lost his horse and the neighbors came over and they were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry about your horse." And the man was like, oh, "Could be good news, could be bad news." So the next day, the horse comes back with two other horses and there were neighbors come by and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You got two extra horses. And the man goes, could be good news, could be bad news. The next day, the man's son is out training the two horses and he falls off one of them and breaks his back. So neighbors come by and they're like, oh, it's terrible news. And he's like, I don't know, could be good news, could be bad news. The next day after that, the Chinese military comes up and starts drafting people into the army and they can't draft his son because he's got a broken back and everyone was like oh my god such amazing news and the chinese man's like could be good news could be bad news so you can see how this can can sort of continue to go on right without fully understanding the big picture we don't necessarily know if this is good news or bad news um you know jalen hurts his press conference at the end of the the game where you know he says you either win or you learn um I feel like hmm. this may not have been the worst news possible, right? Early success can cloud someone's judgment. They can rest on those laurels for quite a long time. And unless you have dealt with struggle, and don't get me wrong, right? This guy out of out of everyone on our team has dealt with a significant amount of struggle early on in his career. I think he's just going to be able to take this and feed off of it. And we're going to see a ton of success in the future. He walked into such a bad situation. Um, We had our quarterback of the future drafted. He comes in. Nobody believes in him. Somehow sit Carson. Jalen starts going into the season. Name the starter. Nobody has faith in him. You know, Ali, you really knew Jalen's college trajectory really, really well. Like, I'm just not a big college sports fan. My wife would kill me, honestly, if I she lost Saturday as well. 
Um, but you know, this could be very good news, you know, for for what's yet to come. I think Jalen is is truly special. I don't know if he's generational quite yet, but I do think we have our franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to earn every single dollar of a contract. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen said, hey, like, I want to win a championship, so I'm going to go under market value. But, like, you know, at least I get everything taken care of. We'll see what happens with it. He, he deserves whatever he gets. Um, this isn't the end of the story. This is not no. the end of the story. Jalen's been here before. No moment's too big for him. Um, I think I think this is going to end really well for us in the future, but it stings. It stings right now. It's really hard to get to this game. It's really hard to win this game. Yeah. People that win it multiple times, sometimes ones are revered as the goats of our generation. Mahomes, I mean, not Mahomes, uh, Rogers, Rogers, Breeze, yeah. Wilson. These guys haven't gotten there more than twice, ever. So... It's hard to get here, but I think I think we we have our we have our guy with Jalen. Yeah, and I think Jalen, you know, you saw that picture of him kind of just walking through the confetti at the end. There, there's something about witnessing the other side getting to celebrate and and getting to feel that level of joy. And I I feel very confident in that making him hungrier and and making him really. Um, just continuing to up his game and and just continue on the path to greatness. So, um, guys, I, I I don't know. I think I'm I'm pretty much I, I think I'm pretty much out of things to comment on in terms of the Super Bowl. Uh, I definitely think we have an exciting offseason to look forward to. So winging it will we will still be winging it. We are not going to be leaving anytime soon. Uh, we, we probably will not be doing weekly shows necessarily, but I still think that we're going to have a lot of relevant Eagles news in the coming weeks. We've already, you know, like we've talked about, we've seen both of our assistant coaches already go to new teams that take head coaching jobs. First so time will, ever. First time ever. So, um, you know, we, we we're going to have an interesting free agency period and 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 we'll have a lot of draft stuff to talk about so uh guys thanks for joining on behalf of alex ali i'm andrew love you guys try not to slip on the field on the way out don't go blaming fingers and we will see you guys in the very near future go birds (laughs) 